and welcome to Let's Talk Diz, a show that gives you everything you need to know to help make your Disney vacation as magical as can be in just about 20 minutes. I'm your host, Jeff Coviello, and with me each week is Disney Master Sandy from Easy Diz by Instant Impressions Travel Services. Sandy, how are you today? I am doing great. I am coming to you from hot and sunny Orlando. It's always good when we do these shows and you're on property. Today, we're going to talk about the Epcot International Food and Wine Festival. It is Epcot, which means it's always a festival. I think we're down to about five weeks a year that aren't festival season, so... This is kind of the kickoff. Yeah, in those five weeks, they basically try to clean the place just so they can go ahead and turn it over. It's like a bar at 2 a.m., right? You have to, <laughs> have to make it clean for the next day. So, all right. So we've done, you know, several of these post-COVID festival shows that were a taste of, you know, whatever the, the previous incarnation of the festival was. So talk to us about this one as restrictions are now being lifted in certain areas, definitely in Orlando, definitely at Disney. How does this festival compare to the taste of festivals that we saw before interestingly enough this is the first post-covid festival that's not with that taste of title as far as all of their signage goes this is a full-blown festival okay i'll differ and we'll get into that i don't think it's a full-blown festival but it's also their longest running food and wine festival ever you're all thinking to yourselves, it's July. There's no way she's at Food and Wine. That used to start in September. Then it eked its way back to an August start. But this year, July 15th to November 20th. So, so many opportunities for you to take it in. And I know I said that this is a post-COVID festival. We've gotten a couple of little bits of email. Post-COVID, I just mean reopening since the COVID shutdown. It is still clearly a world with some COVID restrictions and new and interesting COVID things every day. I know we're not out of the woods, but we are reopened. It's important to note that you mean since they've pulled back certain social distancing measures, since we've removed some markers on the ground, like you go there now and it, and they're taking steps to, to being the post COVID world. So th this is a festival that's taking place as some of those restrictions are pulled back. That's why the taste of we think maybe has, has disappeared. Do you think that that's an accurate way of saying is that they're trying to get the impression to folks that, Hey, we're cutting back to some sort of normalcy. We're getting there. We still have that super odd 11 a.m. opening for Epcot. Yes, I noticed um, that, yeah. But I kind of love that. Sleep in a little bit, have a little bit more of a relaxing day and get going. And obviously, if you're not there for the festival and you're there for the attractions, you're still missing Fast Pass. But we're getting there. Let's talk about this year. Is there anything you know, very, anything different that, that from, a, from a visual perspective on maybe some of these booths that they're doing differently that's changed that is is interesting to point out you bet so one of the things that i really liked walking around is all of the booths now when you check out their signage next to their country name or under it will tell you what their first year was at the festival because we've really seen huge growth they now have 32 booths that wow. is the most we have ever seen so it's neat to see which ones are brand new, which are two or three years old, and we've been here for quite some time. One of the other pretty unique things that we're seeing is there's also five booths that aren't coming till October 1st. Huh. So they're missing 
more than half of the festival, but we know that they're coming along. Was there was um, there any rationale given as to why? Was it to for spacing? You know, they, they didn't necessarily call me. I will <laughs> take a stab in the dark here and say that October 1st date probably sets off some bells with people. That is the kickoff of the 50th anniversary of Walt Disney World. So we know that's going to be a big day in Magic Kingdom. And to try and spread out the crowds, that's the day that they announced that Ratatouille is opening that ride in France. So I think maybe some of those booths were really to empty the crowd into more locations. Okay. And that makes total sense as far as, you know, spreading out the group. What does food and wine mean to some folks? Maybe maybe there's somebody that's listening to this show that's always like, oh, I'd like to go, but hasn't gone. So talk to us about what does it mean, the Food and Wine Festival? What are we looking at? So Epcot is always a great spot to really try out different foods, all the countries, all the quick services, all the time. But this is really where they bring in a lot of things. And one of the reasons I love it as somebody who's not a very adventurous eater I may not want to commit to Marrakesh. I'm not sure I'm a Moroccan person. I don't want that to be my dinner and spend that money. And then it just doesn't work with my picky palate like a six-year-old. Um, <laughs> food and wine lets me get a real taste of things. $4, $8 samplings that are appetizer or tapas-sized portions. So a great way to try out some new things. One of the things I liked to do uh, in years past, and and I may try it again this year when we when we head out there, is I like to get those little gift cards that they have. You can put them on a on a little bracelet and preload the amount of money that I want to spend that day, right? And so I can go through and say, okay, I've got this much money left. I'm going to try these booths. And so as a family, we've gone around the world to each different kiosk that we've had interest in, and and purchased something, and it just keeps coming off that gift card. That way, you actually are able to effectively manage what you're spending rather than just handing over your magic band and just letting that credit card bill continue to grow, which is very, very easy to do. It is. I was going to say, you sure you and I are friends that you're budgeting this out? (laughs) I I honestly look through the menus. I pick some of the things that I think I'm just going to love, maybe something to try and be a little adventurous this time around. Um, It does add up. And I will say this is a time where I'm really, really missing the dining plan. Yeah. Um, we've done a show about the dining plan. I've talked about effectively using the dining plan. We know it's coming back. Disney has shared it's coming back. We just don't know when. I'd like it to come back before my trip next month to the festival because as I was walking around today, and I want to be clear, this is not new. This has been every festival since COVID. All of the signs have the dining plan indicator. So I know it's on their mind. I know they're bringing it back, but I bring it up because I had a really cool cheesecake that was $4.50. Not necessarily the best use of my snack credit. But then today I had this fried ravioli for $12 that was also listed as a snack credit. So if the dining plan comes back while we're still in this festival, it's really a great value to help you snack around the world and stay within a budget. And for those folks that are listening to this after this particular festival, those types of things, as you said, have existed in the past. 
they should continue to exist in the future. So pay attention to the dining plan, get in touch with your travel specialist. What, what's missing this year, right? We had talked about this when we did the, the taste of festivals. What are we missing this year? So again, this one is not called a taste of, and I kind of wish that they had because it would have set my expectations a little more realistically. Um, I'm struggling this year. I feel like there's a lot missing and maybe some things that they thought we might not even notice were missing. Typically, there are multiple food and wine seminars every day. And they are a paid extra, but they're nominal $10 for a wine tasting course, a beer tasting course, culinary things where there's chefs in a small show kitchen showing you how to make a specific recipe and then they serve everybody that recipe. Um, also, fun classes. I did a bento box making class and I will say it was an epic fail for me personally. My skills did not come out the way that they should have. <laughs> I'd like another chance at that. So I'm missing all the extras, all the things that make it a festival, not just an opportunity to buy more food. Typically, the festival also has the Eat to the Beat concert series, three concerts a night, Friday through Sunday night. This year, they are doing concerts, and there's a part of me that really applauds them for this. They're not bringing in big-name talent. They're bringing in local Florida bands. Instead of three times a night, they're performing two times a night. But again, it's a great turn for the economy to give those entertainers a chance to come back. I think that's, before you move on to the, to the next part, though, I think that's an important piece to point out because, as I know, my family and families that we travel with to this festival, we look at see and see what bands are playing at the Eat to the Beat Festival. So you're not going to see some of those bands that you normally would see. It's not a knock on the local bands. They're, they're excellent. No, no, I've listened to several of them. Yeah. It's just different. Yep. Yep. Okay. What else? Sorry. And then the last thing, I know it sounds small and maybe I'm the only one that notices it. They still have the festival booklet that lists all the different foods in it. But this is the first time that they haven't done an Epcot map specific for the festival. Normally they change their maps multiple times a year in each festival. That paper park map that you can pick up switches over it's got the festival right on the cover and when you open it up you can find all the food booths in it they didn't do that this year and again they're printing them anyhow it wouldn't have been a big thing for them to change them over not sure why that got missed but i'll tell you what they didn't miss jeff <laughs> more shopping of festival merchandise than i have ever seen <laughs> Just so much festival merchandise. A lot of figment in a chef's hat is going on there in, in Epcot this year, right? A lot of figment in a chef's hat. They also did a Beauty and the Beast theme. I will uh, take claim. Annie, don't listen. I bought the first of your holiday gifts, the <laughs> most adorable chip cup that comes apart to be three different size measuring cups. Absolutely adorable. The other thing that was missing is they did not use the World Showplace this year. And for those of you like me who are a little older, a little more nostalgic, that was the initial home of Millennium Village. Mm -hmm. They've used that for all the festivals, and it's been great because it has air conditioning. It was a great large spot to be able to go in and cool off, a large spot to get away from the rain. 
They've always had entertainment in there. That's more entertainment that we're missing this year. And then they've had three or four little festival stands in there so that we could do more food offerings. So I'm missing that this year as well. It does sound to me though, and and like we said in the beginning of the show, we did a, a couple of these taste of festivals that Epcot did coming out of COVID. It does sound to me like this is like almost the logical progression from that in between what those were and what we know as normal prior to COVID. So some of these things that were missing, I have to imagine that maybe it's because there was uncertainty of, of what they were going to be allowed to do. They didn't want to plan for things that maybe they'd have to cancel. Uh, especially when you look at things like organizing a band schedule, you know, maybe it's not so philanthropic that they wanted to get local bands, but maybe they weren't able to get these other bands to commit because they didn't know what the situation was. So it just sounds to me like this might be the middle ground from where they were to get back to where they originally were. I, I hope so. And I'll, I'll be very honest with people. I'm a travel agency owner. I'm not a blogger. While we have obviously the podcast and a YouTube channel, I'm not the famous YouTube person. When I do all of these events and I'm covering things like the festivals and the boobash, I'm here just like any other guest. I've paid for my room. I'm paying for admission. I'm paying for boobash tickets. I'm paying for my food at all the kiosks. So I'm delivering a real opinion that is something that I would use for me and my family and information I give to my guests. And I have to say, this festival is the first time in a long time that I really feel like Disney just phoned it in. There's just so many pieces missing. If you listen to our show on Flower and Garden, I will tell you, you can hear me say how they hit it out of the park. They brought in all these new and creative experiences to make the festival work. This festival, in my opinion, is highly based on you doing additional food and drink purchases at the kiosks. There's not a lot of other festival element to it. Which is frustrating because when you walk around the food and wine festival in a typical year, and for folks that are listening that have done it, you'll agree. And for folks that have not done it, this might not be the year that you that you experience it for the first time. The festival has a very specific pulse to it. And it's driven by a lot of those options that you said are not here. So I think it's important. And again, you said that you visited as a guest. Me too. D- Disney's not cutting me a check. So I just think it's important for you to know as a listener what you're getting into, that there are plenty of awesome things that this festival will provide to you still, but some of the things that you've come to know and love, you're not going to see. Okay. But, but in contrast, Sandy, what are some of the things that you did see that we should want to go and take a look at? Well, the one bit of exciting news that this is a first post COVID, the playground is finally open again. So that was exciting for me to see the kids really loving that space. Um, 99 snacks and 120 drinks between all the kiosks. So lots of great choices for me. uh, I, well, I don't know that it's in my heritage. I have to believe somewhere that I'm Italian, even though I'm not, um, because (laughs) pasta and cheese are main staples in my life. And this year they did a special cheese hunt 
And if you do, there's five great cheese items to choose from. Have all five, have multiple of the same. If you don't like all five, combine it with people in your family. But when you've done all five, you can head over to the Shimmering Sips booth and you get a special dessert that can not be purchased. You can only get it by finishing the cheese hunt. And it is a strawberry cheesecake ice cream with graham cracker crumbling in it. Um, I can't imagine there are very many people listening to this show that heard that and were like, oh, that's not for me. Oh, let's let's eat a bunch of cheese and then you get a dessert that you can't get unless you've eaten a bunch of cheese. <laughs> so it's very it's much in my definitely wheelhouse. definitely a win. Yeah, definitely. One thing that I know that we, we wanted to talk about that you had seen that you thought was worthwhile, we had talked about some of the things that had gone away. Talk to us a little bit about the musical option uh, that's taking place there so that folks can can have a little bit of an idea. You bet. So every day in America, that big stage where we are used to seeing the concerts and candlelight processional, they have a rotation of Voices of Liberty, Mariachi Cobra, and a pianist who normally would have been in that world show place. They do a 10-minute set about every 30 minutes, and they rotate. And over on the stage in Canada, we've got the Jaminators in their Jamming Chef outfit, playing instead of drums they're playing on pots pans and ovens so lots of fun there interesting and a nice little twist to it so i i think when you had mentioned earlier that that you wanted them to be more creative you were probably looking for more things just like that right i mean if we had seen more things just like that i think that your original take would be maybe a little bit different i think more entertainment more like i said i miss those seminars and it's funny because I, I'll be honest, I went back in my pictures. Some of the things that they did at Flower and Garden last year, I thought they could have done again and they would have been great food and wine tie-ins. In Morocco, they had flowers made of all of these different Moroccan spices and they were just incredible works of art. Over in Italy, they had this great garden with all different herbs used in Italian food. And it kind of gave you a description of where to use it. And I was like, they needed that here. They really could have tied that in more, given us something extra and something special to look at. Um, But again, if you've got a vacation plan, the festival has a lot of great treats to it. You want to head over there. I will give you one tip that I think is unique for this year because of the park reservations and the park hopping guidelines. If the festival snacks and drinks are a highlight for you, don't do it for dinner, do it for lunch. When I went between 11 and one, I was anywhere from second to fifth in line at these kiosks. When I went back at seven o'clock at night, I was anywhere from number 15 to 25 in line. So. Spend your time eating and enjoying, do the booths early, and make other plans for dinner. And I will step in here, not as the travel specialist, but in a little bit of experience based on what you're saying, you need to talk to your travel specialist. That means about what park you're making a reservation for on what day, because as we know, park hopping does not begin until what time, Sandy? 2 p.m. So if you want to get to the the lines that you're talking about, it probably means that Epcot is your first reservation for the day, correct? 
It is. And you could definitely see the change. You know, three o'clock, it got a little heavier by seven. There was a lot of people hopping, planning on doing those booths for dinner. Okay. So what have we missed? What haven't we covered here on this festival this year? I think the big extra is the optional figment hunt for the kids. And again, that's an add-on, but a great way to keep them busy. Um, there's a figment hidden in every country, pretty easy for you to find as an adult, but something to kind of keep the kids going, especially if they're not ones with a little bit bigger of a culinary palate. You can do that figment hunt and then claim a prize at the end. Definitely don't do the hunt for the prize. Probably could have bought something <laughs> comparable for the same price. But it adds some fun. And I'm sure that when we talk about the 2022 Epcot Food and Wine Festival, we're going to hear of a lot of great new things. So come this year, come again next year, and see everything they've got. Well, Sandy, like I said, I love when you're on property because it gives us a, a very firsthand look about what's going on there. Like you said earlier, this is this is no garbage. This is no nonsense. It's exactly what you saw from being there. So thanks for taking the time to walk away from all those kiosks for a little while, maybe digest and talk to us about what's gone on in the festival this year. My pleasure. And that's a wrap this week on Let's Talk Diz. Don't forget to join us Sunday on our YouTube channel, YouTube slash Let's Talk Diz, for all the Disney Parks blog news of the week that can impact your vacation. We hope to see you back here next week when Sandy breaks down the recent refurbishment at Disney's Polynesian Village Resort. If anyone you know could benefit from this or any show, please share, have them like, and subscribe. And don't forget to reach out to the folks at Easy Diz by Instant Impressions Travel Services for any Disney destination planning. Make it a great week. And as always, keep making memories.